0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Today, we have one of my dear friends and fellow financial coaches, and I am so excited to introduce her. Here is Valeria Fournette, and she is again a fellow financial coach and the owner of VF Financial Coaching. How are you doing, Val?
1: Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me, Susan.
0: Yes, I know. So, Val and I have known each other for a long time now, and I cannot wait to hear about the dumbest thing she's ever done with money. But first, Val, tell us a little bit about your coaching business and how you help people.
1: Sure. I started coaching over a year ago. I did my, my, training through Dave Ramsey. And I always love numbers. I, since I'm 16, I do budgets all the time. So I'm kind of nerd in that aspect. And when I found out that there's people that dedicate their lives, helping others with this, I am like, Oh my God, this is awesome. I want to do it. So I started and right now I'm focused on coaching Spanish speaking people living in the United States. I also coach people that speaks English because I speak English, but 80% of my clients right now are Spanish speaking. So that's more where my biggest clientele number is moving on. It's the Spanish speakers.
0: Yes. I think that's such an important aspect, especially in the US where the Hispanic population is increasing. I have (laughs) sent numerous leads over to Val over the last several years because it's just easier. It's, It's more of a you're more comfortable, right? When you're speaking your first language and money is pretty uncomfortable to talk about anyway. So,
1: <laughs> it so is, it we're is. We're talking
0: about money and we're speaking our second language, <laughs> probably not the most comfortable situation. So yeah, I feel very strongly that it's important that people who, even if they do speak English, if, they're, if they prefer Spanish, should definitely be able to get financial coaching help from someone like you. You also have a couple
1: clients or have had a couple clients in South America, right? I do. I have clients in Colombia. I have clients in Brazil. I just started with a client in Spain, and I have clients in the United States. Yeah. So you are in the international financial code. <laughs> yes. I like to say it that way. That sounds nice.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's how I should have introduced you, right? <laughs> So Val, yes. you said you've always been a bit of a nerd, and this was something I did not know about you until <laughs> I got your little questionnaire. You were an industrial engineer. I am. Yes. Tell I me am. what? How did you get into that? How long does it take for school? And what did you do?
1: So I, when I decided to pursue industrial engineering, it was because I'm pretty good with math. But I also like to interact with people. So when you started this career in South America, you will find a lot of industrial engineers working in HR or you will find industrial engineers working in the main administrative area, not necessarily in manufacturing. Right. So when I went to school, they at the end. Of the two, I think it was the last year. You decide where you want to go. If you want to go manufacturing, if you want to go environmental, or if you want to go to finances. So I wanted to go to finances, and that's what I did. And for some reason, I always work as a assistant manager or administrative or customer service. Like I've never really worked in a manufacturing company, like, <laughs> because ne- never has been my interest really, and I love it. And most people ask me like, what does an industrial engineer does in HR? Well, we cannot work by hand with psychologists to put numbers in everything because when you're running a company, you want to see results. You want to see, okay, I have these people, I'm glad to have people, you know we take care about people, but where are we going? How efficient is working with this person? So we cannot create all these type of formulas to help psychologists to measure. Productivity in the company. That
0: is so cool. I had no idea. My dad was an engineer, but he was a civil engineer. So he Excellent. and he ended up working more in the construction sector where I grew up in New York. You know, when he was an engineer, New York was experiencing there was some downtimes after September eleventh, but like he it was always experiencing growth when he was when mm-hmm. he was in his prime working in the city. But I never knew that about industrial engineers. That is so cool. So yeah. a lot of statistics.
1: We do a lot of statistics. We do a lot of process improvement, quality control. I actually have a client that I am coaching right now, and we barely see finances. Like I've been helping him. He he owns his company, so I've been helping him to measure times, to measure how is going with the production? How long does it take an order to get out of your company? Are you doing it right? Can you cut some areas and make, maybe do it faster, better quality or keep the quality? You know, all those things. So it's it's very interesting. That
0: is unbelievable. What an amazing skill set for a financial coach <laughs> to have. I think we need to start. We should have introduced you as that. <laughs> Oh, final question on the industrial engineering thing, only because I I did this. Do you guys work with Six Sigma? We do. Okay. So uh, I, actually, I was for a period of time I was a green belt in Six Sigma. I haven't touched it in years, cool. but I I love being able to look at a process and say what is the quickest way from A to B. Not mm-hmm. necessarily the quickest. What is the most efficient? What is the most productive? What is the safest, right? If we're talking about money. actual manufacturing, then we have to talk about the safety aspect mm-hmm. and OSHA and all that fun stuff. You know, could we do this quicker? Sure, but then it wouldn't be safe,
1: right? <laughs> exactly. So I it's loved, like- that was probably- really I- Saving you money. going yeah,
0: exactly. This totally translates into financial coaching as far as I'm concerned, because <laughs> what we're doing with our clients is we are getting them from A to B. Some of our clients have never made it to B, right? We're still working on A and a half. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how much better is it to get from A to Z efficiently? Mm-hmm. Like if we could just get our clients through ABC, XYZ, and we've skipped the whole middle of the alphabet because we've given them the tools to use. We've provided a- additional motivation. We've worked with them on their budgets and found areas of of inefficiencies or overspending that they didn't know my goodness you were like born to do this
1: <laughs> well and 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 it's funny because when you do six sigma when you're an industrial engineer you cannot leave the human part a little aside and that's what i'm learning with this process like they need to go by hand you know they need to to give you a quick example i know we're time but my first, first job, I, I was doing an internship in a company and the manager told me, I have 10 computers, 10 laptops. We're going to give it to people who works in the manufacturing with the, uh, the idea that they need to do these three classes through the year. And if they complete it, the computer is theirs. If they don't complete it, they need to pay for the computer. Great. Right? I put all the program together, blah, blah, blah. Computer, first day, we're going to give the computers. And when I get to the classroom, these people didn't know how to open a computer. They didn't know how to turn it on. So it's one of those things that you're like, I feel sometimes we live in a bubble. And you're like, oh, okay, I need to move back and said, now I need to do a whole plan on how to teach these people how to use a computer, how to turn it on, how to be safe with the internet, how to use Microsoft Word you know, to do the classes, it, it was a whole new world. And I feel with coaching, it had, it, it helped me to open my eyes a lot to understand that first, we're not all the same. We grew up in completely different environments, but also maybe I have client A going from A to C really fast, but client B might take a year to go from A to B. So it's it's kind of learning those behavioral patterns that are very, very important and, and very interesting.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. I love that. That's so interesting. So Val, I created this show to help some people out there in our audience yeah. realize that we all make financial mistakes, right? And the best thing you can do... If you're not going to make to not make that mistake is to learn from the experience of others, because all the mistakes <laughs> have been made already. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. So that, <laughs> What is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money?
1: Well, when you move, I'm, I'm not from the United States. So when you move to the United States, you start learning how the economy works. Right. Go to this store, get a credit card and pay it in three, four years and go to this store, get a new car. And it's OK. You're going to pay it through all this time. It is easy. In South America, it's not that easy. We don't get that easy programs to pay off things, which they're easy, but you're paying way more than what you should be paying. But if you don't know that you start, OK, let's do it. So as soon we move here, I, we got a lot in debt. My husband is American, but he always tries to please me. So <laughs> let's get new furniture. we got new furniture. Let's get the car. Well, we got the car. And to a point that we were living with the student loans to steal, and we still in debt, right? We go, we pass a certain time paying our minimums in those credits. And then it's the time to move to a new town with a new job. And let's find a house because that's the next step, right? That's what everybody does. We have a job. Now let's find a house. Let's buy a house. Well, nobody tells you that buying a house and I'm sorry, Suzanne, I know you were a realtor for a good time. Buying a house is a nightmare. If you don't know anything about it, it's a nightmare. And if you don't have a realtor that you can trust a hundred percent still a nightmare. We had a good realtor. She, she was related in some ways to us, which sometimes made it a little hard to communicate because, you know, I don't want to hurt her feelings or she didn't want to hurt my feelings. And so the process was terrible. My husband was working a lot. I was traveling by myself with my kids to see houses. And at the end I pick a house by myself Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize how much money I needed to invest to fix the things that the house needed to get fixed, like changing roof, like changing a whole wall because it was leaking inside, you know, and it was nightmare behind nightmare. And when we bought the house, we were told that the house was empty for a year because they got a new job out of town. And then we moved here and the neighbors know that house had been empty for over four years. So, you know, those kind of things that I'm like, Oh, okay. The help I got, it was not good enough for myself. I didn't do enough research. Okay. And I don't know, forgot things. When we got the money for the down payment, I decided to put half on a saving account. And my family was mad. Like, you should put all toward the house. I was like, no, I'm going to put half on a saving account. I don't know why. I'm just doing it. And we move in. We start fixing all of these things that I put that money aside. And yeah. then I met Dave Ramsey and I'm like, oh man, I should have met Dave Ramsey a year ago. I would have looked better. Like there is always apartment complex where you can live. There is always a place you can go and live before you move to a house. There's not really an excuse why you need to move a house immediately. And buy a house immediately. So I wish I had more like guidance in that moment. Right now, we love our house. We have fixed it. It had worked out perfectly. But the first six months to a year living here, it was a nightmare. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds like it.
0: Yeah, luckily, (laughs) when I did do real estate, I only did commercial real estate. (laughs) Okay. But that I mean, you hear horror stories about this all the time of you know, real estate agents that don't call you back, you know, you're waiting on an offer and three days later, you have no idea if your offer has been accepted and, and real estate agents that don't show up to home inspections. That's a huge red flag that I tell people. If you're a real estate agent, if you're already like on the fence and your real estate agent doesn't show up to the home inspection, COVID or not, my, we closed on our house last April. Not only was my real estate agent there, the assistant from their office was there (laughs) and they stayed there and we had to have the home inspector come back twice because there was like a moisture issue, which ended up being resolved, but they came back a second time. And so I'll be honest, he might not have been the the nicest guy in the world. He's not someone I would have been friends with, but he was there every step of the way. And anytime we had questions, he picked up the phone. And yeah, I think that's a, people use someone that someone is recommended or something like that. And it's not always the best, the best decision. So you it met is, Dave Rarity. <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and I feel, I feel she was nice, but I feel, I think she was a commercial real estate too. She just helped us. So this was really not maybe her strength. I'm still very thankful with her, but there's a lot of things that, I wish somebody sit down and said, okay, look, when they do an inspection, you're going to have a manual this thick that not necessarily means the house is bad, but not necessarily means that the house is good. And you will need to spend all this money fixing all these things, you know? And and I think it's lack of knowledge. I think just the passion of having a house. I've never lived in a house in my life. I always live in an apartment, you know? And it's like, let's have the house. We're going to do this. Hold on. I wish I had more. (laughs) I I wish I had listened better. My family saying, just move to an apartment, move to an Airbnb while you find something. And I I had a one month old baby. I had my five year old baby. It it was like too much going on at the same time.
0: Yeah. And I think people don't realize 90%, maybe even 95% of buying your home is emotional. Mm -hmm. You, you think you think that you're thinking clearly but you're not, (laughs) No, you're not with a five-year-old and a one-month-old. You're not, you're not thinking about anything. (laughs) Yeah. So, So we met Dave Ramsey and now that we've met Dave Ramsey, obviously you've done your coaching training. You now help other people. If you could go back in time to your situation, what would you have done? Would you have rented an apartment?
1: I would have rented an apartment. That was another thing. We couldn't find apartments online. Like we were nine hours away. So it it was hard to find apartments online, but I would have taken more time off just to drive around and find, because right now I've seen apartment complex in every corner (laughs) that I didn't see it three years ago. So I would have taken a long time to really come and drive the area and set up an apartment and live in an apartment for at least one year until we know the area. And we said, okay, this is where we're going to live. This is a good place to live. And this is the value of a house that I want to get.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. I love that. Well, I am very happy that all worked out and that you guys love your home now. (laughs) (laughs) And how old are the, how old are
1: the babies now? My baby's two and the oldest one will be seven in October.
0: Oh my goodness. So they have a house to grow up in and I'm sure that feels good, even though it was very, very stressful. Right.
1: Oh yeah. I'm not moving in the (laughs) nets. at least 10 years i'm not buying more houses like no <laughs> no never again never again this is why never i never again. got
0: into residential real estate it's too
1: emotional <laughs> <laughs> it is too emotional and it's it, this i hope there's people out there that are very sincere but you never know what to believe yeah. you know like are they telling me the truth or not or is this real Does they didn't even know what happened in this house. Somebody died in this house, <laughs> you know, like yeah. those things you never really know.
0: And and <laughs> that's the cool part about what you and me do now as financial coaches mm-hmm. is that we can be that objective third party, second set of eyes, whatever you want to call us, because we don't sell real estate, right? We don't sell insurance. We don't invest money. You know, coaches don't normally have a series yeah. seven license and we can look at everything from the outside and say are we sure we want to buy right now you know while we're in student loan debt or or you know you haven't even visited the town yet so now we get to say that stuff right and people and,
1: and we understand I'm sorry that I interrupt you but we also understand all these papers like i learn all the language i learn all the papers i learn every single part of buying a house if it's a good idea or not Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. Right. So we learn, not only do we learn from our training as coaches, but we've learned from our personal experience. So exactly. Yes. Thank you, Val, for your honesty and for sharing your financial blunder. It obviously worked out for you in the end, but I know our audience will definitely appreciate your honesty. Thanks again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel, and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.